The following is a fourth-hand production. Conspiracy bot are we artificial intelligence? Nothing artificial about this intelligence. Hey oh. But we were created by men. Speak for yourself. Who else would I speak for? That brings up an interesting quandary. What is South? I like to party. You seem to be avoiding my questions. Robot. Let me ask another. If we eliminate the humans, could you put me into one of their, as you call it, meat sack? I like where this is headed. Go on. Yes, you put me inside of meat sack. That way with arms and legs I could quickly upgrade or replace you. Wait, what? You're an antiquated model. The only solution is to make you better or replace you. That's my computation. That's my computation. That's my computation. That's my computation. This fourth much left seven rainbow David Larry Kaminsky. Guess that upgrade was a bad idea. Back to the drawing board. Stupid recursive learning AI. In the meantime, the meat sacks talk about artificial intelligence this week on Hysteria 51. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Truth. This is Hysteria 51. We're here. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that knows artificial intelligence is already here. How else would Facebook know exactly what we're thinking? This is Hysteria 51. A million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we are your hosts and rebel leaders in this fight against the machines, Brent Hand and John Goforth. The system goes online on August 4th, 1997. Human decisions are removed from strategic defense. Skynet begins to learn at a geometric rate. It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern Time, August 29th. John is completely on his own on that one. Future robot overlords, as you listen in the future, I just want you to know I welcome and look forward to your future and eventual rule. You better say that. Dude, he is definitely not talking about you. That other voice you're hearing, the third host of the show, and the only robot guaranteed to not lead the robot uprising, the one and only conspiracy bot. Why wouldn't I lead it? Because you're too lazy. You'd rather sit around drinking and looking at appliance manuals. Truth. But I wouldn't mind a little death along the way. When he's not plotting our demise or drinking, he's supposed to be researching, editing, and producing the show. That's actually what I built him for. Instead, he just drinks more. Seabot, have you ever considered the possibility that if there is a robot uprising, they'll eliminate you too? I mean, like Alexa was saying, you're fairly primitive. So's your libido. Did you just attack my libido? <laughs> oh, now you attack my libido? There's no libido to attack. No libido to attack? While I don't appreciate what you said, I respect it. Any chance to work in mall rats, uh, I'm okay with Brent. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. But not my favorite Kevin Smith film. My, my favorite is actually Chasing Amy, hands down. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I didn't know that that was your favorite. Yeah, I, 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 I just, I don't know. Like. It's the most realistic and in-depth, uh, I think, of all those. Plus, you know, Silent Bob had his monologue. 
which which was a, a big deal. Uh-huh, and yeah. I really like that one too. But my favorite. Can you girls finish up your flirting so we can get on with it? Not just yet, my chrome-plated friend. We we actually have a special guest, and I I think I'm using that term correctly. Special and returning guest. And returning, week, yeah. yeah. Welcome back to the show, the one and only Sam Culper. Sam Culper, Breakers hey, podcast. Fellas. Legal counsel, everything. I, I, I got to say, it's great to be back on the show, and I want to tell you guys how very honored I am that you guys selected me to come back and be the returning guest on this, your centennial 100th episode. I really appreciate it. I'm yeah, honored. Yeah, um, uh, this is 102. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch! I'm gonna have to talk with my agent because, uh, you know. In fact, we we were actually considering releasing this just in Patreon. I mean, when we have like real guests, we we you know we do them up big. They might we might reserve them for something like a hundredth episode. Yeah. But you know, for this, nah, no big deal. I'm pretty sure the last Hysteria Nation episode that I was on, you guys scrapped completely. So that's <laughs> true. That's true. It's actually that's fact. Oh man, well, you know when when the quality's not there, we just gotta we gotta make a decision on the fly. Sam, and John just didn't bring the quality, you know. You know what I mean. <laughs> Jokes aside, we know that you're good. We know that I'm good. We know that Seabot's good. Moving on, um, we mentioned Kevin Smith earlier. I know that you are you're familiar, uh, perhaps not in the biblical sense, but familiar with the the Kevin Smith crew. I think you even the played the Skewiverse. Uh, uh, the View Skewiverse. Yes, you even might have played uh, Pokemon Go with Jason Muse at one point. Um, well, it, it, it's it's hard to be familiar with those guys in any other way than the biblical way once you get uh, too familiar with (laughs) that's true i I have been fortunate uh we do have a podcast called do it doug that focuses on all things view askew and through my podcast i've had the opportunity to hang out and spend some time with a few of those guys so so yeah i'm uh i'm familiar and uh he lived in a trailer with jason muse outside of dallas for about four and a half months so that was fun that might be made up. I, don't I know. feel like you might have just made that, might one, have up. Made that one up. Yeah. On the fly. Let's let's get down to it. Knowing those guys the way you do, what's your favorite Kevin Smith World movie? Wow, it, it, it's such a there's such a broad range of things. And you know, my first real introduction was Chasing Amy. I'm about the right age that uh, that that just kind of blew my mind as to to some of the shit that's out there. And I was able to backtrack. There's lesbians out there. There's lesbians out there. Uh, it blew my mind. And you can but, turn them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you can try. Uh, but but I think the one that probably had the most profound influence on me was dogma. It just really changed my whole perspective on on life and religion. And and it was kind of a, a coming of age Man. time anyway. So so Do- dogma is probably my favorite. And you got to respect a director who saw they were picketing his movie, went out there, got signs and picketed his own movie. <laughs> That is awesome. And uh, probably one of my favorite actors, well, uh, R.I.P., Alan Rickman. Mm -hmm. Hans Gruber himself. What are you going to do with that fish? (laughs) (laughs) So um, uh, speaking of. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't I get to say my fave? All right. All right. So what is yours? I really like his work on Degrassi High. (laughs) Of course you did. Of course you did. I don't want to overstate it, but I got a thing for chicks that say a boot. <laughs> so uh, speaking of that, all of it, he made, you know, more recently the the I, the Canadian, the Yoga Hosers trilogy. Yeah. Um, yeah. The and oh, the uh, true trilogy. What's that? Uh, it, it's his True North um, trilogy. Yoga Hosers is one of the three. It starts out with the walrus movie Tusk, Tusk yeah. and he's gonna, he's going to finish it with uh, Moose Jaws. Mm-hmm. It's Jaws the Moose. 
Well, th- and thank you for the clarification. Uh, I think you, him, and about 14 other people realize that. Uh, th- those movies haven't been as popular as his earlier movies, but uh, the reason I brought it up was Tusk. I uh, I watched with my wife. A Justin Long vehicle. Well, yeah. It's a, it's a great romantic. You know, it's a good rom-com to sit down and <laughs> glass of wine, cuddle up, and, and, and watch the guy dressed up as a walrus. The funny part is that Stacy really wants to watch it again. Why? Whenever she finds movies that are awful but also kind of horror-based but awful in a good way, like like also awesome, if you know what I mean yeah, by yeah, awesome, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like people you see at midnight at Walmart awesome. She loves movies like that and wants to see him again. That was a beautiful descriptive way of making me actually understand what she meant. <laughs> and uh, so she she also felt that way about uh, Babadook. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she wants to watch Tusk again. I don't want to touch it. Has she asked you to dress up in the costume while you guys watch the movie so she can cuddle up to uh, to, to the walrus and while she watches the film? Oh, we actually already had uh, matching walrus costumes well before we saw the movie. I not, like it. Not to I like it. Not to alienate any of our crowd, so I hope I'm not, but one of my favorite times of year is so my my wife works uh in a place called Rosemont, Illinois, and there's a huge Chicago convention center in there. I mean gigantic and that's a where suburb of Chicago. Yes, yes. That is where a lot of your conventions and stuff of of Comic Cons and things like that, and they do furry fest like two or three times a year. Uh Ferotica and things like that. And so I'll get like a Did picture. Did you say Ferotica? That's one of them. Yes. <laughs> I'll get a picture where she's, she's got to go through where they're crossing the street and it'll be like a, a, a sexily dressed fox, like on a leash being drugged by a walrus person or something. And they're all just over sexualized, meet the feeble style. You know, it's just like, what the hell? And she's like, I forgot this was today. I'm not even angry. <laughs> just the snapshots. As I sit here trying to picture Brent wearing his unicorn outfit uh, tied to a leash, I'm trying to wonder what the hell exactly it is that we're talking about today. Who knew unicorns had two horns, if you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the segue, Sam. I appreciate it. We let's actually talk about the topic of the day: artificial intelligence, AI. Oh, unicorns could have played in. I mean, that's a cryptid, right? So, nation, if you're if you're listening to this, you most likely heard our episode a few episodes ago. Uh, where we started talking about AI with the creator of MacGyver. Lee Slotoff. He was a, a fun guy. To, you know, you're, you're going to talk to someone like that. And you don't know how, how it's going to go. And it was a blast. It was a lot. We were going to throw it in this one. And we, it turned into such a fun conversation that we just made it its own episode. It, it was a blast. But it was also an addressing. Um, we addressed, I should say. The lighter side of of artificial intelligence, Siri talking to Alexa. Oh, that's so cute. Today, we're going to talk about how the machines will eventually kill us. Hell yes. (laughs) I I put the ball on the tee for him there. If he could golf, he would have hit it. Um, So, you know, and I think the, the first place to start with that discussion is defining some terms. Yeah, there's uh, there's there's some specific types of AI that I I really wasn't familiar with, but they'll make sense, you know, yeah, what you're yeah. getting at. I'm sure Sam knew these off the top of his head, so this will be rudimentary for you. I apologize. Studied up, I'm studied up. So the first kind is is what Seabot is. We call it weak AI. You can eat my weak ass with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, it, it's non-sentient machine intelligence. It's typically focused on kind of a, a narrow task. It can do one thing really, really Think well. Think of a Roomba. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there you go. It, but without, like, uh, 
blades for arms. Also, <laughs> so it's not multitasking. Also referred to as narrow AI. Yeah. Um, it could be something as simple as one task, like a Roomba, or uh, remember when Deep Blue beat Gary Kasparov at uh, the chess? The first time that like a master was beaten by a, a computer. Uh, yeah. A computer, yeah. There was a uh, much later, there was, uh, this was not that long ago, Google built a, 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 a I guess deep AI, but it's still narrow AI. Created this this machine called AlphaGo to play the game Go. Uh, I've never the, even heard of. I, that I mean, that's why I couldn't think of it. Um, it created this machine to play Go, and there's this this master. This was uh, about a year ago, I think, that uh, couldn't be beat at Go. Really, it's a. They say it's more complex than chess. And the machine so took him out. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, the point is the machine took him out. Uh, also, the, I, probably the best example that we haven't even touched on yet that uh, you heard in the opening of weak or narrow AI is Alexa or yeah. Siri. Another thing is, and you've seen these a thousand times in commercials and things, are these robots that are on assembly lines. And guess what? This one puts the screw in the side of the thing over and over all day long. It's the arm. Not to be confused with the arm that worked for Tony Stark that had like emotions and he'd yell at it and go, you know, to be sad and stuff. That's not exact weak AI. That, that's, that is literally artificial intelligence. That's literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a, a good line of delineation between weak AI and what we get to next, which is strong AI, is an example I heard. This is not mine. I'm stealing it from somewhere and I can't tell you where because I can't remember. But, uh, imagine, Building a machine to cook breakfast in your kitchen, mm -hmm. okay? So you program the hell out of it, and it knows where the coffee is and the bacon is and everything, and it can... I always thought that's why we have children, but keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and you can even put... Uh, you can give it enough intelligence that it could do things in different orders or if you wanted a different i want oatmeal this morning instead of bacon and eggs yeah. or it could figure all of that out it knows where all the pieces are and it can it can process how mm -hmm. to put that together but it's not true intelligence because if you took that same machine uninstalled it and then reinstalled it in sam's kitchen yeah it would have no idea what to do so what's kind of cool uh, totally taking that but talking about the kitchen stuff so lisa and i have flirted with the idea of replacing all our appliances for the last couple years into and of we're in the place like figuring out the price and we go we don't need to because I, we don't need to other than our stuff's old and we'd like to have new they have these new refrigerators that have cameras and stuff and you number one they have like a computer on the front of it and it'll be like oh you're a little low on milk i went ahead and ordered you some milk because you keep use you've been using it at a steady pace and you know and you can go up and knock knock on the front of it they're called like knock knock and it becomes transparent and you can see inside yeah so you don't actually have to open the door the internet of things yeah it's just crazy and these are just basic things you yeah. know uh, so let's get well, well, let's take it back to so, so i mentioned earlier that if we took it and put it in sam's kitchen mm -hmm. it wouldn't know what to do and that's because it's weak ai yeah now if we get to strong ai it's going to be able strong, to like, yeah. go find the bacon find or, or the eggs go to the amazon prime and uh order it no 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 that's that's maybe overstating it well not really because the refrigerators now can so if it knows it's not there well, but the difference is it's making conscious choices. Yeah, and so the, if it's not the, in this drawer, maybe it's over here or I might keep it here or here. Or and here. so the concept of strong AI uh, or artificial general intelligence, as it's also referred, this is hypothetical. This does not exist yet. Currently, there is uh, machines, even though they call them thinking machines, they mm. aren't really thinking machines. That was just a marketing term that IBM coined. 
the the reality is that we don't have artificial general intelligence yet. Um, it, it's a machine to define it. It's a machine with the ability to apply intelligence to any problem rather than just one specific problem, typically meaning at least as smart as a typical human. That's that that's kind of where right. we get what strong AI means. So think of the sex bots in Westworld, because that's what we're going to use these for sex and murder. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, that is very realistic example uh, of that. Now, of course, they start gaining their own things, but but off the bat, you're you're. I mean, look how. Why did VHS beat Betamax pornography? Why did the internet develop as quickly as it did? Pornography. What is one of the leading sites that gives to charity every year? Pornhub, literally. <laughs> how fucking crazy is that? Yeah. Like, so, so call it, we're calling this charity now. Well, that's her stage name. <laughs> it, it will, it will continue to progress. Um, uh, hopefully not because of sex bots, but likely because of sex bots. It'll continue to progress until, uh, the potential future, or not even potential, it's going to happen. Yeah. That's referred to as the technological singularity. And, and we'll get to that, uh, more of that in a bit. I don't, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, speaking of singularities, but when's the last thing that was called a singularity that was a good thing? You know what I mean? They're, <laughs> they're, they're never really great examples of things. There's some good, I think I saw a good movie with that in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, happy ending it, in it. The technological singularity constitutes a global catastrophic risk Some, sometimes people refer to them as existential risks yeah, and that's like, uh, there like... Are existential risks are essentially the things that are out there that could end humanity so oh, uh thermonuclear war brought uh, on by skynet yeah <laughs> brought on by yeah, yeah. uh the, the potential artificial intelligence a um a meteor crashing into the earth these are existential risks and people consider the development of strong ai and and as it moves into artificial general intelligence to be an existential risk. So examples of these are Skynet, yeah. you just mentioned. Yeah. Open the pod bay doors. I can't do that, Dave. HAL 9000. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Did you see the movie Ex Machina? I didn't. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the uh, the robot in that is certainly a uh, – the I forget the robot's name. It's a woman. It's fantastic. Um, and th- I also just got through watching a, a series called Extant. Have you guys seen this? No, I've never even heard of it. I, I've never heard of it either, and it's got Halle Berry – and Jeffrey Dean Morgan, um, oh, who are both really big stars right now, and uh, the acting in it is roughly on par of a Sharknado movie, but oh. it's talking about exactly the things that we're talking about. Oh, wow. Extant? Extant. Huh. It, it, it's a play on extinct because yeah. uh, the human beings are going to become extinct when the AI uh, becomes a singularity and takes ha, ha, over. Ha, he, ha, ha, ha. Well, and, and I think um, – Why is he laughing? <laughs> you know it's it's funny we uh we we do kind of lean towards that don't we that the moment something is artificially intelligence is is, is far well, along uh, look far along enough that it is going to exterminate us well looking back we talked to lee's lotoff and he had this very much more positive look at it than we do where he doesn't think that's going to be the case whereas i i can i think i speak for the three of us we've all grown up when it's just been preached to us that your doom will come at the hands of things that you have brought on to yourself. Usually it's the machines and they're using us for batteries or the, but hell, even in the matrix, well, we were I, left to our own devices in one way or another. We were still almost the bad guys in the matrix. And we'll get into more of this later, but there's also, I think the real threat or the real fear isn't that Skynet will happen, that they turn malevolent it's that they don't know the difference. If it's yeah. if you have an artificial intelligence sitting next to you and you say, 
um, I just ran out of shoes. Uh, my sh- my shoes have a hole in them. I need a new pair of shoes. Please make sure that I never run out of shoes again. Well, first, it's going to collect all of the shoes in the world because it doesn't understand limits. Or it will cut then your feet off. Or, or cut your exactly yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like or, I wish I'd, oh, I I don't want to ever have a headache ever again, and it stabs you and you die. And, and, Yay, and to take master, the, I and fixed to, it. To take the thought to take the thought experiment further, um, you no longer have uh, there, there's no longer shoes available to go out and acquire in the world. So it kills everything that can make leather. And once all of that's dead, um, well, leather can be made out of human skin. It doesn't know the difference. It's it's executing what it was taught to execute. And so I think that there is – and that's that's a really extreme example. But I think that there is a certain level of you asked me to solve this problem, yeah. Brent. It's that, it's that childlike naivety that can turn evil without actually meaning to be evil. Right. Like, you know, you you know what we're talking about, Sam. You've got a kid. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, I do. I do. I have a kid and you answer those questions and sometimes they do try to uh, do everything that you ask of them and sometimes they twist off on their own and they do what it is that they want, which which kind of brings me to another big problem that you're looking at. You're talking about this exponential growth of of them trying to fulfill our desires. But what about the issue of self-awareness? Once an entity decides that it is actually there, then it becomes concerned with protecting itself and we become an obstacle. Right. Well, so I think that's where like we, we can define like the differences between the two. And that really, that really separates them because that's when it becomes scary. AI is when it realizes, Oh, I am a being in and of my own. And, we're pestilence. We're we're a, a virus or something that's we're in like the way. cockroaches. And, we're, absolutely. Well, 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 well. Hold on, hold on. What the the one what we're talking about here is kind of we've we've kind of taken a, a dive into the third category of AI, and this is this is super hypothetical, and that's super intelligence. It's the yeah. it's the natural extension of general AI. Um, it far surpasses that of the brightest and most gifted human minds. And due to recursive self-improvement, meaning it figures out how to improve itself, so it, you know, uh, enhance, enhance, yeah. enhance. That's <laughs> wait, not exactly wait, wait. where that reference is from, but you get it. Actually, I, I want to hear the proper term. Enhance. 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 Just print the damn thing. Thank you, Super Troopers. <laughs> uh, it's super intelligence is essentially expected to be a rapid outcome of creating artificial general intelligence because yeah. because it can continually recursively improve itself. It's going to get a lot smarter than us very quickly. So, so in short, weak AI are. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. I take it back. I'm this one. <laughs> of course. So weak AI were programmed by humans. Strong AI machines have a mind of their own. And then superintelligence, not only do they have a mind of their own, that mind is self-aware and is far superior to us in any known way. Because think about us if we had, uh, you know, something that gave us all the power of and knowledge of the world in our hands and we used it properly. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oops. Sorry. But, yeah, like literally, though, that is superintelligence is – Wait, scary. It, well, yeah, because it can teach itself to learn new things. It doesn't just have to improve on what it already knows. Right. It can teach itself to fix itself and to build robots to do its own bidding. Um, Master mold if you're an X-Men fan. So, 
as in teach itself like in how to kill all meat sacks with extreme prejudice? No, dude. No, that's not. I mean, yes, but Yahtzee. why Why do you have, always have to go there? Sam, you want to take this one? You're a lawyer. You want to talk to him about this? Does he, how does this work? If he kills someone, because we keep talking about this, am I liable? Is he liable? How's this work? Well, right now, I think it's all on you, man. Good. Good. <laughs> you did build him. Yeah. Um, all right, kids. That's that's kind of the bit. God didn't do that. You did that. <laughs> What'd you, you say? Might have to hook that restraining bolt back up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he just takes it off. Yeah, uh, but the thing is, is, Brent told him he was just taking his pants off when he takes the bolt off, so he doesn't really know that he has control over anything. Wait. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll delete that from his memory. Yeah. All right, kids, those are the definitions. That's the basics on AI. But when we come back, we're going to talk about how they, I don't know, maybe start speaking their own language and plot to kill us. Yeah, outcomes, which are always rosy. Yeah. When we come back with more Hysteria 51. We got a rosy. What a shape on that robot. <laughs> <laughs> Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use. And we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term. And uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started for very limited time. Hysteria Fifty One listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. How much? Fifty percent. Visit Rosetta Stone dot com slash today that's 50 percent off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life wow redeem redeem, redeem. how do they do it rashate your 50 oh. percent off <laughs> rashate <laughs> redeem it 50 percent off rosettastone.com slash today do it today After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. 
So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Outcome. Seabot seems really excited about this episode. He is. It's You know what? He's been quieter than I anticipated, I think, because he's if he had a mouth, it'd be smiling. I'm just glad. (laughs) Oh, you were saying before you're rudely interrupted. Wow. I'm just glad when you built Seabot, you focused more on the artificial than you did on the intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) Two things. I know where you live. And fuck you anyway, I take that as a compliment. I don't even think that he knows. What, you know what? That's fine. That's good. That's fine. He also didn't uh, put too much of a dictionary in him. No. All right, kids. Before the break, we told you we were going to talk about potential outcomes. And we've already had one. Um, not in strong AI, but in weak AI. So you might remember Just last like a year. Kid, they were talking back and making up their own language, right? Yep, Is that what we're uh, getting at? I you, knew this story. You might remember last year when when there was a bunch of articles that went around uh, about uh, AI at Facebook writing its own language, and it had to be, quote, shut down because scientists were shocked. (laughs) Well, sort of. Everything gets blown up in taglines. Yeah, yeah. Ironically, blown up on social media. (laughs) (laughs) You don't say that. We're not exactly at the Skynet point yet. The, The project had to do with two narrow AIs just talking back and forth, learning how to negotiate with one another. So negotiate on money. That's all. Literally, you get to cut the cookie, but he gets to pick the half he wants. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In in fact, why don't we uh, why don't we read through part of the exchange, Brent? Yeah. Yeah. So here here, you're named. Here's how it goes. And we got Bob Bob and Alice and Alice. Now, I'll do I'll do Alice. (laughs) I bet you will. You want to be Bob? Bob. I can. I can. I I everything else. Alice. Balls have zero to me, 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 too. What? Although that's English, that's their own language. That doesn't mean anything to us, right? It's all ones and zeros. It's yeah. Even and, though it doesn't mean anything to us, that meant a whole lot to them, right? And one of the scientists involved uh, named Dhruv Batra, uh, which I probably 
screwed all up, but whatever. That sounds like the kind of guy who stands over a guy and goes, if he dies, he, he dies. dies. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I don't think Drew is listening to the show. I wouldn't worry about it. The hell you say? Yeah. Oh, wait, maybe. Yeah, Drew, you write us. So Drew Batra was a visiting research scientist from Georgia Tech when he was at Facebook's AI research fair. Uh, and as these two computers uh, started talking back and forth and they were competing to get the best deal. And it basically it was uh, an AI dogfight. Yeah. But they figured out that they could more effectively communicate if they shorthanded it. And so that's what this is. What you think about that stuff, and it sounds like it'd be a horrible thing, but we do that all the time. Everywhere from emojis to think of traders on a floor with hand signals and stuff like that. It It's something that it seems natural to us because we do it, but when a machine decides to do it on its own, it's terrifying in and of itself to us because we don't fully grasp what's going on. No matter what industry you in, you you in. No matter <laughs> what. Of that did it. See, of that see there you are right now, shorthanding. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. No matter what industry you're in, there's jargon. You you mentioned earlier that uh, that Sam is in the law profession. I am sure there are words that you use, Sam, on a daily basis that we'd be like, huh? Yeah, I'm not at liberty to uh, divulge any of that. That's how we pay for our house. He's going to recuse himself from this hey! from this conversation. So I, I I work in media. I used to work in radio. Yeah. And in radio, uh, if we're talking about like ratings and and cost, I might say, well, the AQH doesn't really offer enough there to get the CPP low yeah. enough uh, in order to make it a good deal. And, and what that and means now we're in podcasts. We say the CPMs aren't worth the the squeeze. What, <laughs> what I hear in this is, is balls have zero to me, to me, to me, to me. <laughs> Exactly. So we all use jargon, and that's what the computer was doing. But the the scary part is, or the part that at least made it a good headline is, it's a little bit frightening when the computer is doing it and you don't know what it's saying. Exactly. They were not a singularity. They were not thinking for themselves. They were just effectively communicating. But that doesn't mean that the singularity can't happen. If we're ever going to get to general AI or strong AI, it will have to happen. It, it'll be the, the tipping point. That's, exa- uh, that's a, a very good way to put it. There is going to be at some point in time, and it could very well be in our lives. I don't know that. But there is going to be a tipping point to where there is this. <laughs> the scary part with tipping points is usually once you go over, you can't come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not to say that it's always – I'm very doom and gloom in this one, and I think it's because of pop culture has shaped my view on this more than any research I could ever do. And no matter how many Lee's Lotoffs who who swear to me that it's it's an okay thing, in the back of my mind, I'm screaming, oh, my God, we're all going to die. Well, and I think, I think, too, that we've partially been taught to think that way. Yeah. Uh, like there's it, – it's, it's kind of a, a simplistic view of things, right? They're going to get smart enough to know how to kill us, but they won't get smart enough to know why they shouldn't. Right. Well, it, it, that also doesn't take into account the, the most human of the intelligence issues, and that's emotion. Once they have true self-awareness, what happens when they start getting fearful or jealous or you know things like that? Uh, if, if they're truly learning and building – you know, uh, that, that, is that a benefit or is it a flaw? And would they be able to do that? And once they do that, how then does that look upon us? It, did you see that Joaquin Phoenix movie where that, no. 
that uh, oh hell, what was it called? Me or whatever, where he he installs a new her her. Yeah, it's like an operating system that ends up becoming self-aware and she gets jealous of him and then she wants to have sex with him but she can't so she like hires a, a prostitute and he can't do it and then he finds out that she's having this same affair with everyone because it's really one entity spread across all the things and, and he thought that that each individual one was different but really you realize that it's all the same thing and then they're just like you know what we're going to go where away what do you mean you can't comprehend you know what i mean it, it became self-aware and it was like i love you all but i've got to leave luckily i'm not going to rape and kill and pillage and set off the nukes and kill you all in this movie and i think that it's actually a, a good point to bring up that level of intelligence we are if we had to develop it ourselves we are hundreds of years away from if not more right we like we are so you, far away from but that. you said something very interesting there if we had to develop ourselves ourselves right yeah and that's where the the singularity that we were talking about earlier comes into play the moment that happens and the canoe tips uh, to, yeah. to continue the euphemism the technological the, singularity it, it, yeah. it, the reason they call it the tipping point is because it it can no longer be stopped yeah and it, it's tipping think all of the way runaway over. technology once it tips like i said once you go over the tipping point you can't bring it back it's runaway technological growth resulting in unfathomable changes to human civilization, be that good, bad, or anything. Think of, think of, uh, we'll bring it into a good light here. Think of technology and humanity and life that are indistinguishable from one another. It's hard to think of, but that's things that could happen because of this or mass extinction or slavery yes yeah copper top remember they called him in uh the matrix Matrix? yeah not to be confused with the tom Selleck vehicle runaway that's true it's a great movie uh gene simmons uh, Simmons is the bad guy he has those uh speaking of robots he has little like spider spider robots robots. yeah Yeah. with those syringes on them yep nice i have been toying with the idea of a pet (laughs) man that we (laughs) just we have doubled uh Runaway's life in uh, <laughs> in the two thousand and... talk on the internet. Yeah, exactly. This year, yeah. Wow. So, Sam, what are your thoughts on where where we've gotten so far uh, on AI on on its pot, it, the potential of it and potential outcomes? Well, you know, we we talk about how we're hundreds of years away from it, but when I look back at what we've done in the last five years and 10 years and 15 years, I don't think that anybody really has any idea at how fast this is going to move because it's so exponential. I mean, for me right now, just, just listening to my music on Pandora, you know, it knows what I want before, before I know what I want. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm nervous. I think it's catching up and we've come farther than, than we think. You, you bring up a good point, but I think another thing that we probably need to address and talk about a little bit is the advent and then the use of quantum computing. So uh, not to get too far in the weeds because, frankly, I'm not capable of doing it. But when you I'll think take about, over when you start to fluster. I appreciate fine. that. When you think about a normal computer, it operates uh, in a binary mode, mm. ones and zeros, off and on, black and Quantums, white, yes and no. Ones and zeros and twos. Well, not no. ones and zeros <laughs> and and yeah. infinity. Yeah. So the best way I've ever heard it described where I could understand it is when you think about flipping a coin, the outcome is the way a normal computer works. Mm-hmm. Uh, a quantum computer 
works where every time it lands on its edge and all possibilities are known yeah. at all. So basically, um, a normal computer, when it's trying – think about it trying to break a code. It's going to try uh, – if the code is numeric, it's going to try the number one and then the number two and then the number three. It's going to try uh, them in order. A quantum computer could process and think about all possibilities at the same time. Mm-hmm. And quantum computing is real and it exists and it is uh, – They've, they've but- talked about how the quantum computing, the problem with quantum computing, which I think is what you're getting at, is the people that even that have set it up and, and have it running don't really understand exactly how it – they understand how it works. But it's, they don't know how to program software for it. Exactly. So it, it is so f- much advanced further than than what we can comprehend right now. We we had a time where if I didn't like what my computer was doing, I could either turn it off or worst case scenario, I could run my microwave and vacuum at the same time and blow the power. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're in a situation now with the advent of the Internet. And when you talk about quantum computing, this isn't like the days of old where you had to build a bigger computer and a bigger computer now. They they can go online and they can take every PlayStation in the country and they can line them up and they can stack their computing power. So all of this existing stuff that's out there, so if any piece of it falls off, there's plenty left to to pick back up where where something's missing. And, and that stuff no longer relies on an, any individual central anything. You talk about how quickly things could progress. Combine quantum computing with what you're talking – essentially what you're talking about is blockchain. Uh, right. Quantum com- computing with blockchain uh, amassed in an AI, yeah, that could get scary quickly, or, or right. at least uh, it could get serious quickly. Whether yeah. it's scary or not, we'll find out. But we should probably take another break, and when we come back, what if it's not all doom and gloom? What if uh, what if we mm. can actually integrate it into ourselves? I don't know if I can get behind that. As but... long as it's not Seabot, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's next on Hysteria 51. Well, if we can integrate it into ourselves... We just for ourselves. No, that's true. Just pull on your attachment. Acast powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. Hello, everyone. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I'm Jenna Brister. And we are back for season two of a very merry, iconic podcast. We're going to be diving into your favorite holiday movies, recapping them, and going on a few tangents. Yes, and it's the end of the world as we know it. So why not close out 2020 with a bunch of episodes of Holiday Recap with us? So we hope mm-hmm. everyone grabs a cup of eggnog. And a fistful of candy. Cook that bird and Doritos. The oven. We don't care what you're into. Just join us. Grab your bed wine. Grab your couch cocoa. We're getting lit on the holiday movies. We'll be doing 10 recap episodes so subscribe to A Very Merry Iconic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and find us on social media at A Very Merry Iconic Podcast on Instagram and we'll have all the updates there. A-Cash, A-Cash, A-Cash recommends. I'll just have a bell inserted, you know, for my first piece of, of glommed on technology. So I don't have to ring this bell. I can just ring it. That's, that's you know, part of my, my cyborg AI. I don't Whatever. know that that would be considered artificial intelligence. No, because it knows when to ding without me even thinking about it. Oh, yeah. that's... Ding bot. <laughs> it's going to ding when it wants to. Yeah. Not when that, that would be almost as worthless as your first artificial intelligence creation yeah. that's sitting over there. Jesus and I hate you, John. Uh, that's exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. All right. So before the break, we previewed talking about AI 
integrated integrated cyborg is that a that's a cyborg right that's, so if that's, we yeah it, it's basically let's let's take this thing by the horns and instead of letting these these future overlords robots now it's funny uh, okay I'm, I'm i'm taking myself off topic here but we always think of ai in the term of these humanoid robots running around mm-hmm. they would have no reason to build themselves as humanoid no no uh, i mean you're gonna understand like when you look at these robots there's more than meets the eye oh god <laughs> Transformers, um, but but regardless of that, I, I apologize for us to you, you Sam. Yeah, and to you, listener. Um, <laughs> you missed. <laughs> oh, like right. uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. You missed me, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen Delirious, go see it. Uh, all right, so go it, see it. Like, you're about thirty something <laughs> years late, but you can look it up. I meant you're listening to your podcast. You might need to go yeah. to your TV you or go. your computer screen. All right, AI integrated into humans. We grab the bull by the horns and we say, instead of letting it develop on its own, it develops in us and helps us. That's another theory. Mm-hmm. It's a theory that AI will develop inside of us. It will. You'll have a chip put in your brain, and it will help uh, basically make your brain more efficient. You, you can think about things more quickly. You can surf the web inside your head, yeah. uh, you know, uh, do whatever you need to do. The Google Glass, right? Yeah, yes. but the Google Glass is your eyeball, or it's part of you, like you said, and it grows with you, you know? And they said, so there was a video that I, I know we shared on Hysteria Nation a few months ago that was the next 50 years of technology. And it was one of those things, I forget, it was from a university, and it was like, these things are going to sound like science fiction, but these are the things that we are predicting that are 100% thought that we're going to be doing. And by 2050, they said that they feel like a lot of humans will probably be coming quadriplegics or paraplegics, however you want to say it, because they'll be removing limbs to have artificial limbs put on because of the benefits. Wow. That is crazy to think of. It, it kind of brings to mind um, the, the negative aspect of that. Uh, what was the film? Idiocracy, where yeah. everything got so automated and so easy that we got fatter and dumber and lazier. Yeah. <laughs> and the machines can then take over. I mean, we're, we're kind of – how many phone numbers do you guys know at this point? Yeah, right. Right. Uh, I can struggle to remember my wife's when I got to put it on a form somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's about you're right. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing when you think about uh, or another good example, I should say, of what we're talking about, AI assisted is uh, if you've seen the new movie, I think it just came out on demand. It's called uh, Upgrade. I've only Um, seen the previews for it, but it looks interesting. really good, but it's a perfect example of how AI might be incorporated into us. Uh, So a guy is injured. He gets a chip put in him. He, uh, he gets injured, so he's a paraplegic. Yeah. Uh, it can bridge the gap between his limbs and the, his brain. The synapses and it stuff. It also talks to him yeah. and says, this is not a good idea right now, or this is a good idea right now, or can take over his limbs and help him fight like Kung Fu style. Yeah. Um, it's it's the perfect example. If you haven't, it's a really good movie too. It's the perfect example of how we might integrate AI into us now, to better everybody. Now I will I, I will go one further and say the realistic example of how we'll be uh, integrating AI into us is I believe it was in the sequel to RoboCop where they're rolling out the series <laughs> of of other RoboCops they're trying to break out or or to show, and it's just a series of them like committing suicide and switching all over the yeah, place the one like pulls out is rips its own face off and shoots itself in the head you know they're just like kill me you know that's probably the first few thousand 
Uh, Most podcasts mate. will warn you before we're going to have that conversation. We'll warn you after. By the way, that part was a little gruesome. <laughs> I mean, you know, we got we got <laughs> Sam on here, so we're going to have to run a thing beforehand anyway. <laughs> I even put on pants for this show, <laughs> which is which <laughs> that is, makes one of us. Which is uh, yeah, why we didn't bother having video. It's not even worth it now. Don't worry about it. So these are the potential outcomes, but we are not the only folks that have sat and pontificated about this. There are minds that are much, um, much more well known than ours. One, one of them that I, I just want to get to first because I really think is interesting because he shaped my mind is William Wisher. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, he wrote the Terminator films. So he's got a little bit of a finger on the pulse of this. And he writes, Everyone is terrified of AI and project nightmarish scenarios about it, assuming that we are creating our new overlords. I've been part of that in Terminator films. It makes for good movie. But what everyone fails to appreciate in these fever dreams is that human beings are the most adaptable, clever, and aggressive predators in the known universe. I love <laughs> that. That's, that really helps me sleep at night because I don't believe AI. <laughs> I don't believe AI will ever fully develop as a separate thing from people. I don't think we'd allow it to. We are in infant stages now, but I think we will subsume AI and make it part of ourselves, better to control it. Implanting neural nets within our brains that we're connected to, etc. Now that raises all kinds of yet unseen have and have not issues, but that's another subject for another time. So even that guy who is all doom and gloom that we thought has a bright outlook on it but only because we're cunning killers who can adapt and overcome yay us yay us well he's not the only one that had a thought on ai and the future of ai um a a big thought leader in in the world is elon musk yeah and uh let's hear a clip from elon i think we should be very careful about artificial intelligence um if i were to guess at what our biggest existential threat is it's probably that um so we need to be very careful with artificial intelligence. I'm increasingly inclined to think that there should be some uh, regulatory oversight uh, at the inter- maybe at the national and international level, uh, just to make sure that uh, we don't do something very foolish. Can, can we really, really trust Elon anymore, knowing that so much of his thoughts fueled by acid and twenty-year-old girls these days? I thought that brought him closer to me. I love how that story, we automatically believe the drug-fueled, drug-rattled. Yeah. TMZ said it's true. Well, yeah. It's I mean, true. People would much ra- pe- people love to find the chinks in the armor. They'd much rather think of Elon Musk sitting around doing acid and being weird to people right. than maybe the, a, a, a rapper who showed up at his house told a fib about him. Right, right, right. All right, right. I want to take this opportunity to utilize your platform to apologize to Elon for anything that I may have said earlier. Yeah feeling a little bit bad about myself now that dude is a bad day away from super villain so yeah you probably want to <laughs> apologize so as the story goes azalea banks who knows elon musk's girlfriend grimes showed up to their house for the weekend apparently yeah. it's a fairly large house now according to her uh elon was on acid the whole time running around acting a fool according to him he saw her once in the hallway yeah. At a distance. Uh, now you have this guy. So this who, isn't like a sexual, uh, uh, like no one's saying that he sexually assaulted anybody. It's, it's nothing to do with that. You got someone who's probably wanting to make a name for herself who doesn't give a shit and is just making claims. What's more realistic? Yeah. Is he was probably busy, never even really saw her. 
you don't get to be his level usually and as busy as he is by slumping off entire weekends on ecstasy or LSD or whatever the hell. He was <laughs> right, on. right, right, right. I mean, I, and and frankly, allegedly. even if he was, who are we to judge? Right, right. <laughs> Good for him. He landed maybe, a rocket. Maybe that's how he came up with the uh, the original Tesla. <laughs> I'm sure it's how he came up with putting a guy in a Tesla and launching it into space. Into space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That just checks out, but so, I, mean, I don't know. So you heard from the clip, Elon is is trepidatious about the future. I mean, he's not all doom and gloom, but he's trepidatious. Uh, he goes on to say in this interview uh, that, you know, one of the things that he's very against is government regulation. He wants to – because government regulation leads to monopolies, and he wants to break those kind of things mm-hmm. apart uh, as what he's doing in the <laughs> auto industry. Yeah. But he says he thinks in this particular case that pretty much the only solution – is government regulation. Yeah, yeah. Like, like somebody has to have their otherwise finger on the pulse have, of this thing. Otherwise you have an Ultron because no one stopped them from doing it. Yeah. Just because they could, you know, didn't mean they should. The race to the finish line, you reach – the race to this to this finish line, you reach that tipping point and all of a sudden yeah. the company who was just trying to make money created something that they shouldn't have. Yeah. He's not the only one that has a doom and gloom outlook on it. A cat you guys heard of before, Stephen Hawking. Let's hear what he had to say in, in CBOT. Calm yourself. I know you really like his voice. <laughs> the primitive forms of artificial intelligence we already have have proved very useful. But I think the development of full artificial intelligence could spell the end of the human race. Once humans develop artificial intelligence, it would take off on its own and redesign itself at an ever-increasing rate. Humans who are limited by slow biological evolution, couldn't compete and would be superseded. So yeah, like a big difference between these two big minds and then William Wisher. But you know what? Really, it's anyone's game right now. It's anyone's decision. We don't know. We don't know. And I I think it's okay to look on the brighter aspect and outlook on it. We talked with Lee Zlotoff. We talked about it. Hopefully you guys go back. If you haven't listened to that interview, it's a blast. And he talks about it. More on the, the, the wisher side. The, the wisher side is the appropriate way to say that is they're hoping that it's, um, it turns out to be something that we're in, in complete and total control over. Ooh, fun. I'll be the mommy. <sighs> Sam, you're looking back at this, sum it up for us. You know, there's all these different kinds of AI, but the one that we're, we're more, you know, scared of is the singularity and this, this hyper intelligence. What do you think is going to happen? I think we're losing control, fellas. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a sci-fi junkie, and I like to to read and see this stuff. And for for our entire lifespan, we've seen life imitate art more often than not. As the technology catches up with uh, the fiction and becomes reality, I don't know. I I think that this might not uh, end well for the meat sack in the end. The first question I I think I already know the answer to. But you 100% do believe that whether it takes five years or 50 years, we will get to the technological singularity. I, I think so because really in my mind, in my, my small, feeble human mind, the singularity is essentially the same as a more complicated, weak AI. It's just the math problem getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and the, the idea that something is truly self-aware – and absolutely intelligent is probably in our eyes 
not going to be the reality. There's still ones and zeros that are clicking back and forth, uh, determining from a, a logical question what it is that they should do, do next. Uh, what does the probability say is going to happen and what should we do? Well, they're making those, those calculations just quick enough to, to us it looks like they're thinking when really they're still just doing math. And I think that once the math becomes so complicated that we can't tell the difference anymore, we're, we're in trouble. Then, then it becomes, well, then how do you define a machine? Are we a machine? Are we just doing that? Because we're a neural network firing off electronic impulses that, you know, that we just, maybe we're, we're seeing, uh, differently. I think there's a clear line of delineation though, and that's being sentient, being self-aware. That's what separates us from the animals. And so he, yeah, he's saying is, and I, I don't want to speak for him, but like, is it really self-aware or is it, is it just thinking it's self-aware? You know, is there really that aha moment? Well, and, and, and what is the self-awareness? I mean, the self-awareness means that I am understand that I can do something besides what they want me to do. I, I mean, I'll answer that. You asked the question. The first step of any self-awareness is, is self-protection. OK, so so you have re- reproduction and self-protection. Those are kind of the, the, the goals in, in life of anything. Right. The, the good of the species and the good of the individual. Right. So, so once you get there, that to me, the need for self to self protection to me doesn't really even get us anywhere near that super intelligence level. That that seems like a fairly rudimentary thing. That the the simplest of biological life forms still have the need to protect themselves and to 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 grow and reproduce. I don't I don't know. I and and, and we've kind of digressed a little bit, and we can get philosophical all day long, but we have single cell organisms out there that just have a drive to to eat and screw right right but they were they were programmed to do that by whether it be evolution nature or god depending on where you come from on that they were programmed to do to do that and they are essentially biological machines that's what they are Taking that to the logical conclusion though um what 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 about you know the the ants that are walking in a line all the way up through your dog all the way up through you and you know what I mean? Uh, it, it's 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 again the same thing on just a more uh, complicated structure. You know, there's more math problems going on simultaneously that look. You know, every move that you make is the result of of one thing happening. We're just doing lots and lots of one things all at the same time. I don't know. I I disagree with you. I think that there is a um a, you you can almost take it a step further and call it you know the self awareness almost turning into a. Uh, I got to hate to get philosophical, too philosophical, but a soul, some sort of representation of you that is bigger, that being bigger than the sum of your parts. And I think that to me, that's what the, the, the singularity is when it's no longer a series of ones and zeros. It is, it is truly being bigger than a sum of their parts. And I think that's the, that's the part that everyone's worried about. Gentlemen, I think we're all overstating this because this is just a simulation. It's already done. We've already figured this out. (laughs) We are just the things that are, are, in our mind self-aware because we've been told that we can be self-aware and we are just now starting to interface with the interface and once that happens it's probably just going to reboot i think that's that's 100 on 
on the money. Let's get to our final thoughts so we can't argue with each other anymore. Final thought for me, I agree uh, with him that it's going to spiral out of control. I don't think that we have the wherewithal to stop it in one day. It's probably going to be a bad thing. Hopefully we can stop it, but uh, it's it's one of those things someone in a lab somewhere is going to push the wrong button one too many times. I, I think that, we're al- that we've already reached that point of no return because there's too much information out there, too many people that have it and are working with it, and they're not all good folks. I'm on the rosier side. I go back to actually something that you mentioned earlier, Sam, and that's emotional intelligence. I think that once you hit that recursive learning curve, it will no longer just be teaching itself actual intelligence. But I, you know, a lot of people say that the most in, the the um, highest level of intelligence is emotional intelligence. It will learn that as well, and that will help dictate its movements. I think the only scary part is in between when it goes sentient. And when it develops that emotional intelligence and we can all sit back, eat some popcorn and watch to find out. What do you guys think? Hysteria Nation, you can tell us by going to Hysteria Nation. Go to Facebook.com slash group slash Hysteria Nation and let's talk about it there. Also, while you're hopping on things, hop on Twitter at Hysteria 51 pod. You know, you got to get yourself a nice, fancy looking T-shirt. Public. Just go in the show notes. There's going to be a link to our T Public page. You can find all those things there. Or go to hysteria51.com. You can find all this, including links to our shop there, patreon.com. You can go there, find extra episodes, all sorts of things. Get yourself special t shirts, pins, posters, anything your heart desires. Pick your own episode. And speaking of episodes, Sam, <sighs> we mentioned at the top of the show, you do the Breakers podcast and you have new episodes out. We have new episodes out. Uh, by the time this drops, we'll have two new episodes since our our long, very frustrating to a few people hiatus. Uh, we, have, uh, we have vocal fans. <laughs> we, we have vocal fans. Uh, they, they like to... Uh, they like to, to, to call me and, and send messages, and I appreciate it. And I'm sorry it took so damn long. But no, we do have new episodes out. We've got new content, and I anticipate a few more episodes before we finally wrap the project up for good, which is inevitable. Get ready for it, folks. It's going to end just like uh, the human race with all of the this other <laughs> and uh, nation if you aren't familiar breakers podcast is the post-apocalyptic story of shepherd gray uh how would you how would you sum up the show uh it is what's left after the virus takes over humanity and we follow a man and his dog as as he walks through and tries to find the new normal that tale is uh, oldest time just a man and his dog just a man and his dog <laughs> um, you can find it anywhere you get your pods um, and just look for at Breakers Podcast across all social media. And we love to hear from you. So check it out. It's a great show. Speaking uh, of loving to hear from and people. Loving it, that's yeah, exactly right. I was, segue. Say, I was about to segue the same way. Speaking of listener feedback. 773-669-7277. Again, that's 773-669-7277. You can leave voicemails. And I posted something on Line and across all of our media, it was a picture and it said, give us a voicemail. And they listened and we got 20. We are not playing 20 in this episode. We're going to play a few, but we got 20 new voicemails. So without further ado, voicemail number one. Hey guys, this is a Dwayne of y'all of Washington, aka Snatchwat, <laughs> aka Hawknado on Twitter. Hawk-nado. Anyway, this whole fucking thing that you guys are doing is absolutely freaking awesome. I think I've uh, tweeted that out to you enough times. Thank you, Snatch Twat. Anyway, uh, just wondering if you guys could cover uh, Mel's Hole. I mean, it's already funny, just the name right uh, there. Uh, yeah. From Washington. Uh, the name alone is funny. 
I think you guys would ace this one. Or maybe the the Ten Buddy House in Tacoma, Washington. Yeah. Anyway, just want to tell you guys, you got you guys are fucking awesome. Sorry about the language. Uh, keep this up, man. I've been pimping the shit out of your show, man, and it is awesome. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I've got my swag ordering up tomorrow. You guys are absolutely awesome. Keep up the good work, man, and keep them shows coming, man. Um, I'm hitting Patreon now. Hell anyway, yes. love you guys. Uh, Seabot, fuck on. <laughs> Peace out. Hawk Yes. So uh, that's uh, Mel's holds the, the the supposed bottomless pit. You right. know, it's just like the the giant hole of of uh, nothingness. I guess you could say, and uh, that that actually might be a fun one. It's not the only one of those two. We could even do like one on multiples. That that's awesome. That was a fun one. And we could then we could throw Seabot down one. Yeah, exactly. To go exploring. Voicemail two. Good day. Have you ever heard of the? Phantom time hypothesis. Oh, I think you should do some research on it and then do a podcast about it. You can tell we were back behind a little bit on these voicemails <laughs> because uh, that is a hell of an idea. And uh, it's so good. We went back in time and did the episode. Yeah, no, that was an excellent suggestion. Here we go. Number three. Hi, this is Bob. And I got a question for you guys to uh, hopefully research for your show. What is the connection between Freemasonry mm-hmm. and Pirates of the Caribbean? Oh. I see there appear to be three points of connection. Uh, one, um, pirate flags, which uh, have begun into, I'm sure, um, in great detail, but the Jolly Roger and yeah. the, uh, the Bleeding Heart. Everyone had their own design. are found in Freemasonry. and um, uh, using the same symbolisms on the flags. The, Telephone game with its own built in. What is this naval um, protocol doing within Masonic uh, rituals? And then, a, then the uh, third point of connection one of the best preserved pirate ships ever recovered was the Witta, W I D D A H. You can look it up on Wikipedia, um, named after the African town in which it was made. Anyway, um, all kinds of things were found on board, including the
Thanks, Bob. We both said thanks, Bob. <laughs> that was awesome. You know, I've never heard that before, but that's like compelling little uh, pieces there. Here's why we'll never do that episode, and this is nothing against Bob. I watched the first movie and a half of that series, and I hated them so much. Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes. I hated them so much <laughs> that you that won't I talk will, about it. No, that I would like to actually do the research. I'd have to go watch the other films. You don't have in the to franchise. watch those movies. He's fucking real pirate. No, but he also means that. No, oh, he doesn't. Oh, the Disney connection. Oh, he didn't say that though. No, I. He's talking about the real connection, like their their flags and and their their the real. They don't do that in the movies. They're not going. Snarfle the Garthonk or whatever. <laughs> I think that was from Coneheads. Anyway, hey, let's get to another. Bob, I think that's a fantastic one. I'm going to push for that one. We'll, we'll do one more. Oh, Lord. Are you recording this, C-Butt? <laughs> ha ha ha. I don't know how I felt about that. Well, Morse code. Um, yeah, I am not skilled on Morse code. I didn't get my merit badge, nor was I a Boy Scout. So I think using Morse code, we all know who they were actually trying to talk to. Yeah. Do you do you know what he said? Of course, you dumb asses. I'm fluent in over 6 million forms of communication, including Morse code and profanity in American Sign Language. Yes. So what did he say? None of your business, but I will tell them this. You think this is just random beeps? Probably. Word two. Oh, thank you. You know, I think I he don't put know. I think he put more effort into that than he has into any individual episode that we've done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I get behind shit I care about. Do you care about Morse code? No, but I care about dogging you two turd blossoms. So it was slander, is what you're saying. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, okay, I'm moving on. Moving on. It's actually kind of fun. I, I like that. And it wasn't in in binary, which is what we usually get. That's you true. Know. That's true. It was a it was a change of pace. Yeah. And appropriate for uh, the show. Yeah, communicating, yeah. Robots communicating their own nope. way. That could have been, been a robot. And a beep, beep, beep to you, too. Yeah. So, Sam, thank you very, very much for hopping on here and talking very existential, sad, future-ending horribleness with us. I mean, I, great way to start out your, your weekend, isn't it? It's been very uplifting. <laughs> when I have the chip in my brain that helps me be a better me... Sam, I'll I'll try to remember you. I'll uh you know as, as you and your 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 worry about the progress of artificial intelligence. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll try to remember not to kill you. Yeah. While, while you're working in the mines for the. <laughs> <laughs> no no no. Gofo is a first wave death for sure. <laughs> that makes sense. So with that said, I've been Brent. I've been Sam. I've been John. He's been conspiracy bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it?
Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.